This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Lovely book there. And today is February 15th, Monday, February 15th, President's Day. If you happen to be watching this from the U.S., uh, for many of you, it is a day off, a day to, I guess, rest, relax, get ready for uh, another week ahead. Of course, this is your daily financial news. And what I want to say is today is a great day to make some money and, of course, be just a little bit better than yesterday. As we get started, a couple of things I want to quickly announce. First and foremost, uh, one of our experts has delivered some content around private money and private money lending. If you know anything about my course, How to Get Started One Rental at a Time, one thing I am actively doing is adding content around raising private money. And yesterday evening, uh, I downloaded this morning, uh, we have gotten content from a good friend, April Crossley. Uh, who is a tr- tremendous investor on the East Coast, who is now actually enjoying traveling the country in an RV. And one big thing she is known for is raising private money. So I've gotten three videos from her. I will be uh, putting those in the course. Might be today, might be tomorrow. Uh, but again, if you are already a member of the course, it will be free. It's just extra content. Uh, if you haven't gotten the course yet, you might want to do it soon as the price will go up as I add more and more content from myself and also all the other experts out there. So uh, today is going to be a fun day as we add more content. And April is a tremendous investor on the East Coast, so I, I, I know you will treasure her material. And yes, for those asking, the boy Jimbo is sleeping right down there, and I don't, I don't want to wake him up. It was, like, it was a, I won't say a rough morning, but yeah, it was a rough morning. Uh, other thing to talk about is I'm preparing my taxes. I go see my tax guy in about oof, two weeks. And what I wanted to let you know is from a landlord perspective, a couple of things about 2020. Uh, first off is somebody who owns houses and apartments. It was very, the gap was wide. What performed, what didn't perform. And what is interesting to see today is apartments, bigger is better did not perform as well. We have been talking about it. I've been telling you that it wasn't true for at least the last year. And now as I look at my uh, taxes, or at least my prep for my taxes, I can clearly show you it was not a good year for apartments. And I have, I don't know, 12 or 13 years of apartment records to go back on. That said, I do want you to know that while 2020 was tough for apartments, they weren't the worst year yet. I've been talking about that for like the last six months, but again, now I have the data. 2006 was the worst time to be a landlord of apartments. 2006, we were, we were seeing people leave apartments in droves because they were qualifying to buy houses they really couldn't afford. That was, that was the worst year. Worst year from an income year, most turns, most bad debt, evictions. It was, it was just a rough year. 2020 was hard. Uh, we are down nearly six figures in rent collection since March. Uh, 
So not insignificant by any stretch. Uh, many mom and pop landlords are really struggling. Uh, but again, for all the pain that was 2020, it was not nearly as bad as 06. 06 was a not profitable year. Because we are diverse across houses and apartments, 2020 was still very, very good. So I uh, just want to let you know that. So as we look at the week ahead, uh, again, this channel, we focus on the consumer, right? We are an economy that is 66 to 68% consumer driven. The consumer kind of has been missing in action, $1.3 trillion in savings, right? We're waiting for that rush of consumerism, I guess you would call it. And next week, we might see if we are either A, inching towards it, or if we're still like a tea kettle that's just ready, ready to pop, right? Retail sales come out. They're expected to be up 1.2% after a disappointing December. That's January. That's month on month. Uh, the, stim the $600 stimulus hit a lot of accounts in January, so that is expected to be a positive. Plus, the infection rates and states and cities have been opening up throughout January. So there is an expectation that retail sales will be up. We shall see. Uh, credit card data from Bank of America is showing that January credit card transactions are up 5.6%. Um, credit card transactions for the year of 2020 were generally down. Right, People were not using it. They were actually paying off credit card debt. It will be interesting because when you look at credit card debt up or transactions up 5.6, it really could mean one of two things. One, as the article kind of clearly highlighted, hey, people are feeling better, they're shopping. Yes, that is possible. Unfortunately, remember we are in a K-shaped recovery and kind of credit card transactions could be could be kind of the sign that the bottom shape of the K is exhausted reserves. There's no stimulus. We shall see uh, what happens. So again, we got to see, we got to see what the credit cards are, right? Are they shopping for non-essentials or are people breaking down and buying food on credit? We need to see that right now. Just numeric transactions is not, not yet informative, but maybe a trend. Uh, the one I'm really looking forward to is Walmart. Right, I've been saying we're in a K-shaped recovery for almost a year now. Walmart, like it or not, serves, generally speaking, the bottom shape of the K. They are expecting same-store sales to be up 6.4%. I don't know how I feel about that. Again, it goes back to the data about Bank of America. Is this a sign that more people are slipping in to the bottom side of the K and their fault, the middle class is declining? Or is it stimulus coming uh, and people are spending their stimulus money. Uh, we need to see. We need to see what is going on. So uh, we need to figure that out. Uh, as for earnings next week, Tuesday is going to be a big day. CVS uh, and Advanced Auto Parts. Advanced Auto Parts is going to be interesting because a lot of, you know, what are people doing with their cars and homes, right? So we're going to get a taste for used cars. Wednesday, I'm going to be looking at Cheesecake Factory. Like it or not, Cheesecake Factory is a big footprint restaurant. Uh, that has had a rough go of it. So we are going to look for signs that people are coming or they figured out delivery or what is going on. Thursday is going to be Walmart. That's the big one. But also Planet Fitness. Like restaurants, the fitness industry has been crushed by the last year. So it'll be interesting to see how many locations are open, what percentage are coming back, how many people canceled memberships because they bought their own gear the last year or so. Um, also, Robinhood and Reddit CEOs go to D.C. 
it will be interesting to see what happens. Do they go like this? Meaning they blame others and take no personal responsibility. Uh, does anything come from Congress other than a... <laughs> Who knows? I don't know what to expect. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I expect everybody to say uh, freedom of speech, right? Reddit, that's what they're going to say. Uh, Robin Hood's going to say they could have communicated better, but they were out of compliance. I think it's going to be, be a big nothing burger, but you never know. Once in a while, they get a good question that puts them on the spot, so it'll be interesting. Uh, next up, I don't know if you saw this, but it looks like Israel uh, is way ahead of kind of vaccination. Uh, what I saw was interesting is they were like the first real world experience, at least the first that I have seen. I guess a 94% drop in symptomatic cases in a sample size of 600,000. So much bigger than these little tens and 50,000 things that we've seen. Uh, again, uh, and this was the Pfizer data. So again, I think it's real world. It's interesting. I don't know. Uh, but anything that gets the consumer feeling better or more confident or getting out of the house, uh, I think is a good thing. We need to watch Wall Street. Wall Street knows the playbook now on short squeezes. I expect Wall Street to start trolling Reddit forums uh, and to start planting seeds to see if retail investors bite. Uh, I saw something over the weekend. I'm like, this is such a clearly a Wall Street plant uh, that it's almost embarrassing. They started talking up Jack in the Box as the next short squeeze. But rest assured, Jack in the Box is at or very near a 52-week high crazy. Uh, they are uh, expected to have good earnings like lots of fast food restaurants and their short position is a measly 9.2%, not 137 or whatever GameStop was. But again, Wall Street knows the playbook. Spin up the retail investor, get them looking one way, run up the price, and then hammer them on the way down. Wall Street don't play. Wall Street knows your playbook you got them once. Uh, I don't think you're going to get them again, but we shall see. And then finally, there was an article in CNN Business about unpaid rent. And there's really just some scary numbers in there. Uh, it is estimated that over the last 10 months, that there is somewhere between four, where is it? 30 billion and 70 billion in unpaid rent. That's just a crazy ass number. I know I'm suffering roughly 100K of that. So it is interesting to see what is going on. Um, you know, there, it's also estimated that there are 40 million renters in the U.S. And this article said that over 10 million are late. That's a scary number. That's 25%. Go back to my earlier statement about 2020. Apartments are rough today. Apartments are rough. And I think that's that's probably true across the country. Uh, my houses are fine, if not fine, very fine. This goes back to 2006 as well. As I look at 06, and I just did this this morning for this video, my single family homes were okay, actually great in 06, like 2020. It's apartments. So multifamily from an operator perspective, my opinion, it is far more variable in performance. When the economy gets bad, bad, apartments suffer. So if you buy into a low cap rate environment and suddenly rents are down, vacancies up, bad debt is up, 
cap rate expands, you could really get caught when you have to reevaluate or refight the property. Single family homes, supplies down. I expect I expect supply of rental homes to go down in the next two years because of this. A lot of mom and pop investors are struggling as we have just seen. Mom and pop investors have 22.1 million of these units. A lot of them are suffering. And I expect them to get through this and go, I'm never doing that again. Kick the tenants out, clean the property and sell. We are going to have less affordable homes, which means if you keep yours, you're going to be able to raise rents. And if not, there'll be more homeowners, is my opinion. So it is going to be interesting what is coming. Uh, so that's what I got for you today. The daily financial news, the stock market is closed today in the U.S. Uh, because of President's Day, we will have a four-day trading week. Uh, I do believe we will be meeting uh, with uh, Greg Dickerson here in about 18 minutes. Uh, so we will do our expert series. If you ever wonder my content schedule, I published it yesterday. Uh, I have a seven-day week content plan. If you ever wonder what's happening seven days a week, I just published that yesterday. Have a wonderful day. Subscribe, thumbs up. And of course, today's a great day to make some money. And let's be a little bit better than yesterday. Bye-bye.